Today on The Breakdown, it's your basic gun battle, but with cards. <laughs> it's two players, their heads up. They're playing for the title in the Battle of Malta in 2019. Someone's got a big hand and someone doesn't. But you don't always have to have a big hand to win. Sometimes it just takes a big heart or a big enough gun. <laughs> Whatever that means, we're going to get into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey. I, I feel like poker would be kind of unfair yeah. if you could just bring a big gun and be like, I win the tournament. I mean, that is kind of how some games used to go back in the day. You know that, right? They didn't like, win the poker game. They stole the money. <laughs> it's different. Well, I mean, you're sort of implying the same thing, though, right? I just win the tournament is stealing the money, is it not? Well, not if it's within the rules of the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, then we could add, we could change the rules of the game to cash games, too, the backroom cash games where people would bring guns. You know, TJ Cludy has many stories about where he would uh, be about to walk into some backroom game and look at the bouncer and say, like, if I win, am I going to be able to get out of here with the, my money? And, and at least a few times the bouncer said, you should not come in. And TJ Cludy, like, Thanked the man and walked away. Really? Yeah. And of course, Doyle went, showed up at many of these games with a gun and I think was, ha, has fired it, I believe. Man, am I glad poker is not like that anymore. Oh, my God. I like, would not be a poker player. No. No. I mean, the worst that's ever happened, the worst spot I've ever been in in that kind of thing is back when I first started playing. I lived in Brooklyn, New York, and I uh, was playing in underground clubs. This one underground club, which definitely had criminals who would play. And some of them were connected, like... Mafia mobster types, for yeah. sure. And uh, they never got angry at me, but I worked really hard to make sure they wouldn't. You know, I would show them my hand if they, because sometimes I would raise them and they get really unhappy about having to fold and complain about it. And I would show that I had it, you know. So, and you, what if you were bluffing? You I did bl- not bluff them. <laughs> you didn't bluff those not guys. Not in big spots. I did not. And it, it didn't matter. They put it, they, they played every pot, you know, they played every hand. They didn't care. So, I made a lot of money just sitting back and playing tight. That was my whole thing. I just played super tight against these guys. But it also worked in my favor in this way to play super tight. This was the first year I was ever playing poker. But I could, I was making money anyway because these guys played every pot because they're like, I think they were laundering money along with everything else. But those were guys who I had to be a little careful around. And that was, but I never saw anything bad happen. You know, I saw like almost a big fight break out once. And did they, did they provide delicious food? Well, they didn't run the game. They were just playing the game. And they did not, they bring food. Did they they bring food and share it with everybody? They did not. They were also, it was weird. It was the, it was sort of like the more mobsters of the uh, Italian variety. And then there were also these like Hasidic Jews who it was a little unclear if they were like real estate guys or also connected guys or what was going on there. They were, they were nicer, but I was obviously Jewish. So maybe they were just, you know, they didn't worry about, you know, they were like going to, they took care of me a little bit comparatively. I have no idea, but they gave you a schnitzel. That was, that was the only dangerous, slightly dangerous thing I ever to deal with. And nothing ever came up. Nothing ever happened. Well, that's good. How about you? You ever, you ever in a spot of any kind? No, I mean, mostly I've just played online in a pretty well-regulated places. I mean, yeah. played at a couple underground places, one of which had like an owner beat up a patron, but I wasn't there at that uh, time. I heard the story. I think I've only seen like one or two fights break, break out in the, my whole poker life, like in live poker, which is yeah. kind of nice. I, w- I would prefer it that way. Let's yeah. keep it nice and regulated and, you know, not have the guns and all that stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't want to be afraid of being a good player. You know, like 
Right. That's not that's not cool. Yeah. They're like the game's so good and then you crush the game and then you don't leave with the money. Yeah. And yeah, that's bad. Anyway, that's not the life we're living and that's not the life they're living at the Battle of Malta. Yeah, cuz it's televised and it'd be tough to get away with murder. I mean, I've seen some TV shows where people get away with murder and it's televised. I don't think you're getting it. It's televised. Tele- that's a scripted show? Mm-hmm. Breaking Bad, he gets away with murder. Do you know what scripted means? Yeah. All right. Define scripted. Scripted is like computers. <laughs> you know? Like they have scripts. So what's different yeah. between like an NBA game yeah. and Breaking Bad? Like how is it Oh, different? it's easy. It's okay. easy. They don't kill anyone in an NBA game, right? But yeah, Breaking yeah. Bad, they could kill someone. But could they kill somebody in an NBA game? Because it's on TV? Well, they don't. I think you get it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Uh, no, I think. See, see, it was just a semantics thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you definitely get it. Oh, boy. Don't worry about it. You get it. The people who listen to this podcast, you are an interesting group. (laughs) You're all fools. You're all just like hanging in there with us. We appreciate it. Yeah. You know, so, all right. Battle of Malta. This is a second suggestion from Podge. Podge suggested the other Battle of Malta hand that we've done. Um, And, you know, we appreciate it. Thanks, Podge. What's going on there, lovey? I'm a little concerned that we got the blinds wrong in our Battle of Malta thing because I'm just looking at the very end of the thing. It was 400,000, 800,000, and actually we have it at 601.2 million. Just saying. Oh, well, I guess we might have been wrong. Yeah, it feels like we're wrong about that. But either way, it doesn't actually matter. Great. Because of the way it plays out, we know for sure the raise size is correct. Yeah, that's And true. it would be strange if it was 600K big blind here because that's the only other option because it says the guy calls 600,000 out of the small blind. I'll get to that in a second. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe this is just wrong. Maybe the reporting's wrong. I would guess the reporting cool. is wrong. Well, that's good. We waste another minute of well everyone's d- life. Well done, Jonathan. At least I mean, I'm looking at the battleofmalta.com live reporting thing, and it says what it says. What do you want me to do? The Maltese don't report well. <laughs> wow. That is racialist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So we have uh, Stephen Van Zadelhoff, who we talked about in our last Battle of Malta hand that was suggested by Podge, which I had just mentioned. Podge, yep. of course, suggested on Twitter. Podge included a YouTube link. Podge included a timestamp. Good job, Podge. If you guys want to suggest a hand for the breakdown, that is how you do it. That is all. We are the Poker Guys at the number two Poker Guys yep. on Twitter. That is how you suggest. Coolio. So, yeah, Stephen Van Zadelhoff was the most experienced player at this table, and now he's heads up against a guy named Sergey Lisi, we think is how you pronounce that, Yep. who does not really have much success playing live poker. Ouch. Up until this point, he had less than $100,000 in live tournament winnings. Mm. So he's not like a force to be reckoned with it or anything. Steven Van Zittelhoff actually won the W Coop, I think you were saying to me last time. I think that's right. And he's got over $2 million in yeah. live earnings. He's, he's legit. Yep. And this is only a 500 euro buy-in tournament. So he's probably got a massive like knife through butter edge on this field. Yeah, there were 4,657 entries in this field somehow. Wow. Like, it's insanely big. And to get all the way down to heads up is, like, quite an accomplishment no matter what. No matter who you are, no matter how good you are. But what a deal if you get to get a big stack early on in a field like that. And you're a guy like Van Zadelhoff who's got so much success and experience. It's like, yeah. Wow. Sit back and chop up this the This is world. easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, this is why I think the reporting is probably wrong and we're probably right okay. here. Because it is 600K 1.2 according to me. Where Sergey Lise is in the small blind with sixty-one million, which would be fifty big blinds, you know, it'd yeah. be pretty pretty hefty stack for heads up already. He limps with King Four of Diamonds. We can talk about that in a second. But Van Zadelhoff has two black tens out of the big blind and raises to four point five million. That would be surprisingly large if it was 
Or less, yeah. Yeah, it'd be five. Because yeah, it, it says can't he, be 800. Because it says he calls 600. Right, so, so it's the only either other... 600K or it's 1.2, yeah. depending on how they're reporting yeah. it, yeah. You're right, it's almost certainly 1.2, yeah. right? Okay, good. But ultimately, it doesn't matter for the, like, the solver stuff that we yeah, do and everything, because that all includes the pot-only post-flop. It doesn't yeah. know what the blinds are, doesn't care about that. Good. So either way, what we know is Sergey Lise limps a small blind with King-4 of Diamonds, and Van Zadelhoff raises the two black tens to 4.5 million. Uh, the, the thing that, where it matters, yeah, it's like how many effective blinds we're talking about, right? That's right. It's like 45 effective And by the blinds. way, if it was 600K big blind, Lisi would probably just throw away the king four of diamonds if Zadolov came out with a 4.5 million raise. Probably. He's, on, he's in position, at least. Yeah. He might call. But anyway, but you're right. It's a huge raise. Yeah. Anyway, let's just continue. Let's just assume it's the 1.2 million. Great. All right, so what do we think about Lisi here? The effective stack being Zadolhoff with 53 million, Lisi limping the king four of diamonds on the button. I mean, I think it points to his amateur status that he's doing that. It seems weird to limp the button with a good hand or really limp the button period heads up, but especially with a good hand. Well, that's not really true. I mean, a lot of players have a holistic button limping strategy and heads up matches. I mean, I don't know if that's so true anymore. Like button versus like limping from the small blind when you're not heads up. Sure. But limping on the button, I feel like most most good players are raising most of the time. Uh, it depends. Clear, it depends clear, on your opponent. To be clear, they're sure. the same thing here. The small blind and the button. Are the in same. this case, they yeah. are right. But um, but that's really different, right? Like limping yeah, because from you the, get you get position right. Flop. So like having position is such a big deal. Like a lot of good players are going to want to put more money in the pot when they have position. Period. You know? I mean, famously. Sam Trickett went into his match with Antonio Sfondiari for the initial one drop yeah. with the strategy of just limping only Correct. the small blind. Correct. Didn't work out for him. No, but that's fine. Um, that's true. Uh, but, you know, that was also like eight years ago. Yeah, but I think that's still a strategy that some players apply. And in tournaments where I get heads up, like smaller tournaments, and I'm clearly better than the other player, I yeah. do a lot of that. Right. No, I do, I do too, for that reason, right? Where you're like, we're deep, and I want to like really own this player, and this is the best yeah. way to take advantage of the position is actually the limp. Um, but clearly, that's not the case here, right? Like, Zadelhoff yeah, is clearly is like better. The guy. He's like, the you guy. would absolutely want to be bloating the pot when, you're, when you have a clear advantage, which you do here. So anyway, yeah. so I'm surprised he's limping. I, I, don't, I don't think it makes a lot of sense against a guy like Zadelhoff most of the time. Right. I, I, I guess if Zadelhoff is three betting you constantly, you could start limping. Yeah. Hands like if this. you don't want, like, hands like King Four suited are kind of perfect for that. If, yeah. If Zadelhoff is three betting you constantly, like, well, I'm going to guarantee myself a flop here. Right. With a hand that is pretty good. Yeah. But that's the only reason I can really think to do it. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Either way, Van Zadelhoff's decision is pretty clear and obvious to raise. Yeah. To 4.5 million. And assuming that the blinds are 1.2 million, makes tons of sense for Sergey not to fold. It'd be crazy to fold. He could three bet, I guess, if Zadelhoff is constantly doing this. Yep. You have a king blocker, but there are better blocker hands to do it with. Ace X hands specifically Mm -hmm. come to mind. But he calls, and that seems fine, right? Absolutely. It's also fine to buy our book. Nobody's going to judge you. In fact, you're going to be, it's not just no one's going to judge you. People are going to, well, people are going to judge you for being awesome. So they basically will lift you up. If your town, whatever town you live in, has a parade, like an annual parade, you will be the king or queen of that parade. Yeah, but if you live in a city or a village, no. This is only for people who live in towns. Yeah, yeah, but in those places, yeah. you get to be the police chief. <laughs> of the parade. No, just the police chief. Oh, just always? It's actually a really hard job, and you don't get, oh. you don't get paid very well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of a... For most people, it's a bad. But you get to read the book. Which is which honestly will make up for any pains of being the police chief. It's called How Can He Fold? You can get it at thepokerguys.net. It is 37 tournament hands that Jonathan and I have broken down meticulously. We took a year to write this puppy. It's true. We took it really seriously, but we had fun along the way, and we think 
you'll understand that when you read it. We also think you'll be like, ha I'm having fun. Oh, wait, I accidentally learned. Oh, man, what a joy that was yeah. to accidentally learn that thing about that thing in poker. Yeah, we say it's a poker book you'll actually read because it's a poker book you'll actually read, Grant. Many of the reviews reference that and say, it's you true. know what, it's true. Yeah, I did read it. I mean, that's, that important, that's important because a lot of poker books don't get read. They get yeah. bought, and the first 10 pages, 20 pages are read, and that's it. Yeah, you want to go buy a poker book that's called, like, Optimizing the Theory of Numbers 1 through 10.0.9.4. I mean, you can buy it, but you ain't reading it. I'll yeah. tell you right now. It's going to sit on your shelf, and you're going to be like, hey, look how smart I am. And everybody's going to be like, do you know what the first sentence means? And you'll be like, I don't know. It's about GTO, bitches. You know, that's all you got. It's anyway, there, there is a lot of analytical, in-depth stuff in our book, but you get to have fun while learning about it. So yeah. That's what we're all about over here at the Poker Guys. I will say, you know, we're getting fabulous reaction on the book so far. Uh, poker... Logica? No, there's no C. Pokerologia. Have a little respect. Yeah, it's Pokerologia. Wow. You're making this about disrespect now. Pokerologia gave us a fabulous review. They, um, they made us, a, they retroactively made us a top, put us on their top 10 books of 2019 and are also putting us on their books of top, top 10 books of 2020 for poker because they love it so We're much. also shaping the youth of America. We're going to be taught in a class for advanced math students in Kentucky. So juniors in high school as a game theory <laughs> class. So how does that feel? Other math textbooks? Yeah, those we just math beat textbooks you out. suck. Yeah, we're more. They're fun. like Pythagorean theorem, and we're like, yeah. fun time. Yeah, I mean, the kids, the we kids, have we have jokes about spicy pickles in our books, and the math books don't. The kids love us. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, use the link in the description if you want to buy the book. It takes you to pokerguys.net. You can buy the ebook there. You can also get taken onto Amazon to buy the paperback. Whatever you want to do. Yep. And whatever Steven Zadelhoff wants to do, it all comes true on this flop because mm. it's a 10 high flop. He's got two black 10s again. Oh. The pot's 10 million. The flop is 10 of diamonds, six of spades, four of clubs. He flops the nuts. That's pretty good. Flopping the nuts is good. It's quality. Of course, his opponent, Sergey, flops bottom pair with a king and a backdoor diamond draw. Mm-hmm. Who checks? Sergey checks. Makes sense. As Zadelhoff, do you want to bet or not? Zadelhoff is acting first. Oh, he doesn't check. Yeah, I wrote the Sergey checks. Yeah, but I understand. There's a lot of a lot of confusion trying to set this up because we're not was. used to doing heads up uh, pots where they're truly heads up. You know. Anyway, Sergey would have checked if he had the opportunity, but Says he didn't. You. So Zadelhoff decides to bet. Yes, and he bets tiny. He bets two point one million. Should he bet? Should he bet bigger? Okay, he definitely should bet. I think he absolutely should bet. I understand he's quote crushing the board and all that, but. This is the kind of board where it's good for the limp calling range, I think. It's going to hit some of that. He's going to have a lot of straight draws and things like that as well. If he has an ace high, he's going to call. If he has overs, he's going to call probably. I like a bet here for sure. Well, Zadelhoff is concerned that too much of the range is going to fold, I guess, because he bets really small. Yeah. He bets 21% of the pot, $2.1 million he's trying to, he, It almost feels like he's trying to induce a raise here Yeah, uh, because... Yeah, because if you were to bet, you know, 35% of the pot, all the same hand, all the gut shots are going to call once, I think, in position Yeah. anyway. So, so I think he's just trying to get, get the guy to pump it up. Um, I, you know, I, I can't hate it. He knows who this player is. We don't know anything about this guy. Right. I assume Zadelhoff is doing this with a real sense of this guy's bluffy. Um, there's other things that happen in the hand, which also make me think he thinks that about this player. And we'll get to those. Yeah, but, we will. So with that evidence also, I think, I think that's what's going on. Otherwise, if it was normal, if this was just a regular opponent, I would bet more. It's possible that Zadelhoff is also just concerned about how much he's crushing the board. And yeah. he does want to bet, but he's like, well, I do block tens pretty strongly. Like 
I understand that, but it's mostly a binary decision if it's a fifth of the pot or a third of the pot, I think, right. from the guy in the button. So might as well bet more when we have the nuts, right? Yeah. It's just, you know, checking is a little tempting on this board with, with a set of tens. Like, let the guy mm-hmm. catch a card or something, you know? Yeah, but the problem, I don't hate that, but the problem is at some point we're going to have to show our strength yeah. and we're going to lose him there and we might make more money just right if we would if we would bet with king jack here we should bet with this hand yeah 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 i agree any and the solver agrees as well it wants sadelhoff to bet the flop 99 percent of the time good it does prefer a bet of more like 55 percent of the pot to the 21 percent of the pot bet right i think i get what zadelhoff is trying to do here maybe he's trying to to make the guy blast off maybe he just thinks the guy has a lot of calls with king high type hands that he wouldn't have if zadelhoff bet more Mm -hmm. something like that yeah either way Sergey does have a hand that would call pretty much any size bet because he did flop a pair heads up here. Yeah, for sure. Any backdoor diamond draw, too. So it feels pretty obvious to me that Sergey is supposed to call. That it seems like the only decision, right? It wouldn't occur to me to do anything but the call. The solver here. wants Sergey to raise 55% of the time. Yeah, I know. This is kind of shocking. It's pretty interesting, right? So is the solver like already trying to just um, protect equity here, deny equity? That must be what it is. Because we're not trying to get a better hand to fold, clearly. The solver also, I think, is concerned about uh, having enough raises, I guess, period, on this board. And so it's like it's working hard I to guess. get them. But let's do this practically, right? Okay. right? Like Zadelhoff's not folding ace four, right? Not yet. So it's not a bluff. Right. It's not a bluff. So it is just equity denial. It feels like it's equity denial. And it's there's, also, there's a lot of equity to deny here. Right. I mean, You're also building a pot in case you hit a backdoor flush or another four or something. There I are, yeah, there are like cards we can continue on on the turn. But if we get called, we're mostly checking the turn with that isn't a king four or a diamond, I think. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. It, I mean, I just don't know why we have to make this a big pot when we have a small hand. Is the solver really like? I feel like in in the past the solver has been really concerned with sizing. Mm-hmm. Maybe the solver is very concerned with Zadelhoff sizing and deciding like we need to raise because we have to protect against his like because he can unexploitably bet right. that much with like all of his hands. The solver like, often sees the tiny sizing as basically a check. And yeah. It's like so we raise just to like yeah this is what you're saying right yeah just to like not allow this this freeness happening here because that's what's that's what's no free love down. yeah. Only exp- only pricey love, exploitable love, costly love. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I I agree with Sergey's decision to call, which is what he does. Yeah, me too. By the way, the the solver wants him to raise, but fifty five percent of the time. So it's like, eh, yeah, you can do either. Yeah, I like the call. It makes all the sense in the world for all the practical reasons. We get to oh, yeah. we get to hero down the line. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yep. So the pot is now fourteen point two million. And uh, the turn is the queen of clubs. Okay, so that brings a second club. Yep. Zadelhoff still has the effective nuts. You'd really expect Zadelhoff to keep betting, just trying to like, get as many yeah. chips in this pot as possible. Of course. But Zadelhoff checks. Yes. All right. Break it down, Levy. I mean, this fits right in with what we were just talking about before in the fifth of a bet, fifth of a pot bet on the flop, right? Which is like, it seems like he thinks this dude, Sergey, is just bluffy as hell. And he's doing everything he can to get Sergey to, to put chips in the pot here. Yeah. And he's also probably a little bit afraid that a hand like King four is going to just fold a lot on the turn, right? When the queen comes and it's that again. Um, we, we have tens blocked mostly, so there aren't too many of those. A 10 might have even raised the flop. I doubt it, but sometimes people do that. Um, so I th- that could be what's going on. So you combine those two things, especially where you're like, he's going to fold a lot if I continue. There's very little for me to be afraid of. 
And if he's bluffy and I check, he may actually put chips in the pot. That's a pretty good combo. Yeah. Of re- and so you put that all together, that's a pretty good reason to check. I suppose. I suppose. That I mean, said, it, it wouldn't really occur to me not to keep betting. Right. I mean, I want to charge all the straight draws. Yep. That's one reason to bet. You don't want to give the gut shots inf- infinite odds to hit, which is right. what you're doing. Sergey doesn't have too many queens in his range. I guess that's part of Zadelhoff's concern. Zadelhoff has more queens in his range than Sergey has in his. Mm-hmm. But Sergey could have made two pair on this card. I mean, if he does, he's going to bet anyway. That's true. Like, like two pairs, we're going to get a lot of chips in no matter what. That's true. And against a queen, Sergey will probably bet that anyway. So I guess yeah. it's most about a six and a four, how to maximize value against those. Mm-hmm. And I guess Adelhoff thinks those are going to fold if he bets. Yeah, and maybe bet if he checks. Maybe, yeah. I, I mean, if I had a six or a four, I would bet. Well, well so- no, no, no. I, yeah, I think I would bet, actually. I bet some of the time. Depends, actually, it depends on what I think about my opponent, what I think about Zadelhoff. Yeah. Well, Zadelhoff checks... I guess he's trying to induce. It has to be. It has to be. He yeah. knows he has the best hand. Of course he knows he has the best hand. So he's trying to induce. And the question is, is he's inducing to raise or is he inducing to call? Who can say? If the guy's super bluffy, I guess he's going to just check call right. and hope it goes again on the river. If the guy has a lot of give ups on the, you know, if you've seen the guy just give up a lot once called on the turn, he's going to raise right now. Yeah. Hope the dude has a big hand. And if not, fine. Right. And uh, Sergey checks back, which I know you said you would bet a six or a four. I like the check back. Mm-hmm. Just let Zadelhoff, like, mostly call almost any river if Zadelhoff bets again. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think it comes down to what we think about Zadelhoff, though. Like, if Zadelhoff is going to be the kind of guy, considering his success, that he's going to have bluffs on the river if we check it back. Yeah. So that's a good reason to check back. There are a lot of opponents where checking doesn't do anything for you. You know what I mean? They're not going to bluff. Mm-hmm. They're only going to bet if they have you. So denying equity is the move. But I, I agree in this case. This is, um, this is a check. Yeah. I like it. Just capture the bluffs on the river. The solver, by the way, likes Sergey's check back. 99% of the time it wants that to happen, but it hates Zadelhoff's check. Yeah. Wants Zadelhoff to bet 98% of the time. Well, because it probably imagines that there's a lot of bets Zadelhoff's going to have when the queen comes anyway, whether he has it or not. Yeah. Um, things that now pick up equity. Clubs pick up equity. There's a lot of straight jacks Jack nine, king jack, yeah. Um, ace jack. Ace jack, right. Yeah. Ace king. Um, of course, he's going to have some queens too, but... You want to be able to bet your super strong hands sometimes because, you know. Right. It doesn't feel like in this hand, Zadelhoff is concerned with balance and being unexploitable. It feels Correct. like he's the guy exploiting the other guy. It feels like that. And yeah. he's going to make decisions based on those things rather than any sort of GTO principle. Right. Which is a very good way to play most oh, of the time. Oh, that's what you should do. Like, that's almost always what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. No question. I don't want to be against a player where I have to use GTO principles. That's not a good spot. I mean, it's interesting, but yeah. it's not profitable. No. That's for sure. It's not very profitable. Yeah, yeah, it just helps you. All right, so Sergey does check back after Zadelhoff checks. And uh, Nitrogen Sports Poker is checking you out. Maybe you should check it out. Yeah, it's like... It's mutual. It likes the cut of your jib, I'll tell you what. Nitrogen Sports And poker. you're going to like the cut of its jib because let me tell you something about Nitrogen Sports. They give you your money fast. Yeah. And I know we bring this up pretty frequently, but I think it's really indicative of how good they are compared to the rest of the industry. Like, it's a Bitcoin site, and if you withdraw money, say you win a sports better, you bank a poker tournament, or you have a big cash session, you can get your Bitcoin out within 90 minutes. It's in your account. It's yep. yours. And these aren't just talking points. I literally got money out of there like 14 hours ago, and it took 90 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it just always takes 90 minutes. It's fabulous. If you are a person who's played on other poker sites and has been frustrated with the time it takes to withdraw money... Maybe consider this for a second, because that what does that indicate to you? Like, what are they doing with that money? You right. know Bitcoin can move fast. Nitrogen knows Bitcoin can move fast. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, they're not fucking around. They give you your money. Like, that's seriously indicative of a good company. Right. So 
not only are they great for that, but they also have a lot of sports betting. They have our Poker Guys tournament that happens every month, the last Sunday of every month. If you use the link in the description when you sign up, you get access to that. I mean, fuck those other guys, man. I mean, come to the Nitrogen Palace. Yeah. What's wrong with all of you? Yeah. You should join. Yeah. All right. Moving on. All right. So we've got the six of spades, ten of diamonds, four of clubs, flop. Steven Zadelhoff has a set of tens. He bet the flop tiny, got mm. called by king four of diamonds by Sergey. The turn was the queen of clubs. Somehow went check, check. Zadelhoff somehow checked his set of tens. Sergey checked his king four back. The river is the eight of clubs. Yes. It does bring about quite a few things here. However, I mean, as Adelhoff, we feel pretty good. We right? feel pretty good, but <clears throat> we don't expect Jack-9 to be a big part of the range that Sergey has. Maybe, maybe Sergey could have Jack-9 of clubs specifically, which and, would be a flush. And check it back on yeah, the turn? Yeah, seems unlikely. Why would he check any of his big draws that this card completes uh, back Anyway, clubs, King-Jack, and Jack-9 get there. Or yeah. not King-Jack, excuse me. 7-9 and Jack-9. Mm-hmm. So those are the concerns, but it's not a real concern for a set of 10s. Yeah, 4-6 gets there. Sorry, 5-7 uh, gets there. 5-7 also gets there, yes. But again, we should feel very good about, like, how does he have any of those hands? Because he didn't bet the turn. Right. Yeah. Especially the bluffy guy who we've been trying to induce. That guy's not betting his draws? Are you kidding? Seems pretty straightforward. So Zadelhoff is going to go for value. Yeah. He's got to. 100% easy, easy peasy bet, I think. He bets 7 million, about half pot bet. Yeah. All right. How do we want to analyze this as Sergey? Do, okay. we, do we think, basically, we checked back the turn, we have to call the river? Or do we think, this card is kind of bad in a lot of ways, maybe I can't call the river? Okay, the card is bad. Yeah. There, are a lo- there were a bunch of bad cards. This is one of them. A king is bad. A king is actually good, because we had yeah. king four, sorry. An ace is bad. A jack is not great. You know, there are a lot of bad cards. Clubs are bad. Straight, straightening cards are bad. Um, if someone is, of the two of us, Zadelhoff is more likely to have the draws than we are, because Zadelhoff could have been check-raising the turn. He could have been. With his draw. He might have picked up a draw and is now check-raising because we're bluffy. Yeah. We almost never have any of these draws. Because we didn't bet the turn. Right. And because we called the flop, so it's hard to have two random clubs. They have to have something to do with the But even forgetting about our range and what we can have, just thinking about what Zadelhoff can have, Zadelhoff absolutely can have the nuts here, comparatively. Like, Zadelhoff is the guy who has the draws, who had the draws come in and we're not. Yeah. So so that's not great. I don't know if I want to call here. I don't think I want to call here. And this is one of the problems, of course, with... um, Checking the turn. Now, I understand why we check the turn in this case. But if it was the eight of hearts, I might want to call. The eight of clubs feels like a little, like a, a bridge too far almost. Like, I kind of want to fold. Yeah. What do you I, feel like, do? I feel like folding is probably the best option here. I mean, yeah. let's, let's try to get this guy another time, you know? Yeah, like we can, the pot isn't that big. We didn't put that many chips in. It's I, okay. I mean, we have king four of diamonds on a four, six, ten, eight queen board. Disregarding suits, that's not great. Yeah. You know? We did check the turn, which is going to open up some of these bets on the river. And maybe we could even make the case, well, that eight of clubs is a means he... Van... Van Blarken, what's his name? <laughs> Zadelhoff. <laughs> it's Van Zadelhoff, yeah, in yeah. fairness. Um, <laughs> Van Zadelhoff maybe knows that he's the guy who has all the draws now that comes in. So maybe we could even talk ourselves into a hero call here. I mean, if we... Just thinking about... What are the actual hands that we beat, though? Like, just the hands that exist. There aren't right. that many of them. Um, I mean, you know, there's like Ace Jack. Ace Jack and Ace King, which, which might have to bet, with, right? They may check. They might check for showdown value. Um, there's, yeah, it's hard to come up with too much. King Jack, which almost certainly would have bet the turn, right? Uh, there's a, yeah, I think it would have. Unless I guess he's going for the check raise, like you're saying. There's not too much here. It's possible an Ace Jack might turn itself into a bluff. Yeah. But Ace Deuce, which might have the showdown Ace value. Nine. Like there's. There's not, a few. There's hands like that. There's bad there's, aces. But there's like a, 
there's not actually that many hands that we're beating. Yeah, weird jacks, weird suited jacks that he forex. Jack five, I guess. I mean, there's very little. Yeah. Jack seven. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, so there's there's not too much here. Right. That eight is that eight is a bad card. It is good for his range. That's a good reason to fold. Yeah, I think folding is probably the thing. I think it's fine to fold here. Anyway, that's, that's not, not what happens. Happen. No but way. He doesn't call either. Why would he call? Sergey's gonna raise. I mean, it's interesting. Sergey's gonna raise to nineteen million. Yeah. All right. What is he repping? I mean he's repping a flush or a straight and probably a flush. Which he didn't bet the turn. I know this is the So problem. he's doing kind of a bad job. Here's the thing. If these guys' positions were, were inverted and Sergei checked the turn and Zadelhoff checked it back, I think a check raise on the river could really work. Yeah. Well, now you can have that stuff. But when you check it back on the button, eh, it's not so believable. Right. Like, if you had a straight draw on the flop, like, uh, let's say... 5-7. Five, 5-7, seven. Five, seven, yeah. And you called the flop and then Zadelhoff checks the turn. You have 7 high. You're taking a shot. Like you're betting, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if you're if you're in position, you're gonna bet. If somehow you floated with two clubs, like I don't know, king seven of clubs, you're gonna take a shot on the turn, right? I mean, we could probably come up with a few clubs that might work this way, like ace six of clubs or something. like a, a six x of clubs. Any six x of clubs? Yeah. Maybe he checks back. Yeah. With, okay. So there's a few hands, but there's so few. Like, that's, that's really it, right? I mean, yeah, I guess you can have 10x, 10x of, clubs. of clubs, but Zadelhoff knows you can't, unfortunately, because he has the 10 of right, clubs. Right, right. So the 6x of clubs is really it. But let's forget about Zadelhoff's hand for a second. And, okay, and fine. Ask Six ourselves of... if this is a good play. It seems like we are very much restricting ourselves to incredibly small, of an incredibly small value range here, and that's problematic. Right. Now, Z- it may work anyway, in fairness. Like, Zadelhoff doesn't have to have a big hand here, right? I mean, he took a, well, a what are we, relatively weak looking I guess line. what are we targeting is, is the next question. Like, what's the minimum that Zadelhoff is betting here for value? Because clearly it, we can beat the bluffs. We can just call with King 4 and beat the bluffs. It feels like the... the I mean, for sure Zadelhoff is betting a 10 here, right? Yeah. So, can he... He can probably have pocket 9s in bet, I would think. Maybe Ace-8 even? Maybe Ace-8. Okay. That seems about right. After that, probably checking. Maybe he's super sick and is betting like a, a pretty good eight. Because he Maybe. feels like if I check, I'm, the other guy's going to bet anyway. Yeah. I might as well bet and try and get value from slightly worse hands. Um, okay. That's, that's as low as it goes, though, right? So like we're, we're trying to eight. fold out an eight or a ten. Jack eight. Um, an eight or a ten, yeah. We're, we don't expect to fold out a queen too often. Queen doesn't make a whole lot of sense as played anyway. Right, Zadelhoff is usually betting the turn with a queen. You would think. Now, maybe he isn't, actually, based on the fact that he had a set of tens. Maybe yeah. he's totally checking top pair to maybe. let um, Sergey blast off. But we would think he's, he doesn't have many queens in his range. So we're targeting an 8 or a 10? Yeah, I think so. I think that's just too thin. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty thin. Also, especially l- when our story is so bad. A little bit of fancy play syndrome Our here. story is pretty bad. Yeah. I think this is one of those spots where Sergey's hoping my story doesn't have to be good. I mean, based on the way Zadelhoff has played the first two streets of this, of this hand, the, the flop and the turn, it feels like he knows Sergey is super bluffy and aggressive and is trying to give him as much rope as possible to do something crazy, and Sergey eventually does something crazy. Yeah. And Sergey, I guess, doesn't know enough about his image to have it matter, or maybe it doesn't matter anyway. Maybe normally in this 555-euro buy-in, Everyone knows you're the crazy guy, and they fold anyway, because I certainly see that a lot. Yeah, sure. 
you know, they just they complain about it and they throw their hand away and you get to win no matter what. Um, but Zanohoff isn't the kind of guy to target with that no. anyway. He's like the worst, probably the worst guy in the, in the final table anyway, probably not in the whole field, but one of the worst guys in the field to target probably yeah. um, in this size buy-in, right? So, so that's problematic. It is. It's a bad story. Now, really bad story. We know Zadelhoff's not folding, but let's just explore for a second. Okay. If he should fold or three bet. Okay. A three bet sounds crazy. Yeah, I don't think you can get value from worse hands like, too easily. Is a set of eights calling? I don't know. Like a, a, a reasonable player probably can't call. It's basically a set of an all in if you three bet. Yeah, I don't know if I mean a set of eights may decide to hero, but that's all it's a it's a yeah. really intense hero. Yeah, all right, so you can't three bet. Right. So can you consider folding this hand? Well, you can definitely consider it, right? We can come up with the eight of clubs is does bring in a lot of draws. It just yeah. the story doesn't make any sense. I think because we have the ten of clubs, we can't consider folding. That's one reason. We've also underwrapped our hand pretty dramatically yeah. by betting tiny on the flop and checking the turn. Um, and of course, the check back on the turn I think is pretty damning as well. Where we we put all that together, it feels like a super easy call to me. It does, and he does call and. Uh, the solver wants him to call 99% of the yeah, time. solver agrees. By the way, it wants Sergey to fold 73.5% of the time. And call and 25% call, of the call time. Call 26% of the time and raise oh. 0.3% of the yeah, time. Yeah, so it's, it's like, don't raise, man. You can call a little. You can bluff catch a little, but that's a bad card for us in our range. He's going to call a lot. <laughs> <laughs> don't raise. Well, despite this pot, yeah. Sergey goes on to win the, win the tournament. How about that? Yeah, good job, Sergey. Yeah, congratulations. Now, they did make a deal. So they were playing for 30000 instead yeah. of whatever, 100000 But Sergey ends up making a quarter of a million euro, and uh, Zedhoff makes like 217000 euro. So nice job, Sergey. Yeah. Despite this play being maybe a little erratic. Uh, yeah, like maybe just a bad play. Maybe a bad play. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home.